0: Thank you so much again. You are welcome to this edition of My Voice Your Voice, a platform for authentic conversation. My Voice Your Voice is just a platform where I bring women like you who are success stories, who have had their own challenges in life, to talk about their stories and share it with other women so that they can inspire them, they can impact them, they can also empower them. So I am glad that you accepted to be on the show. And I know that today it's going to be very, very excited. So you are welcome once again. And please do tell our listeners
1: who you are. For sure. For sure. Thank you. Well, I am a Jamaican born woman. I first have to state that. And I love, love, love my country, Jamaica. Now, um, you know, I believe that who we are is is rooted in our culture first, and yes. then rooted in God, because um, you know I grew up in a in a culture where my mother took us to church every every single day. It would it would appear to us as we were growing up. So so um, I'm Jamaican born and I am a Christian woman, and I'm the wife to my husband Audley Brown. And I'm a mother and grandmother to a growing family, so um, that's on the personal side. I'm an author and life coach who helps you transform your mind, body, and spirit. And you know, I've used my doctor of strategic leadership background, along with my certified life coaching experience, and um, and combined that to work with women, mostly women leaders and entrepreneurs to help them move from where they are to where they desire to be. And uh, um, recently, although in the past I've worked a lot with pastors' wives, entrepreneurs, women in leadership in different spheres, I am now expanding to working with women doctors in the field of gynecology and um, obstetrics. So that's the OBGYNs. And so if you know of a woman in that field, um, you can have her DM me because I'll be reaching out to them, finding out what their challenges are and how I can can really um, help them to be the best doctors in their spheres spheres of influence.
0: Thank you so much, my friend. I can see Francisca Epale from Toronto always watching. She is one of our fervent guests. Francisca, I want to thank you very much for trusting us and for always devoting this time to follow us. Please like and share and let us know. Any other person who is watching, please let us know from where you are watching. Do share the video, like, and encourage other people to, 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 to watch it. So before we go ahead into talking about what we have to talk about today, I always like to start this question because we are living in a crisis period with a coronavirus. So I always like to ask, how are you, my friend? How are you How are you doing during this crisis to keep your body, mind, and soul together? Well, Renee, Renee
1: it's... It's interesting that I mentioned this at the beginning of you asking me who I am, because I believe that having a solid relationship with God is what keeps me. Um, Each day, my goal is to start my day with meditation, prayer, and really getting closer connected to who, who I am, because I know that as I get closely connected to who I am, I get to understand who God is more. So, um, so that's how I stay grounded, you know? So um, I believe it's very important to understand who you are because when you do understand who you are, when you're going through the trials, you can reach to the source of your strength, your spirit. You know, you can connect to your spirit. And, and that's how I, I, I survived during this crisis. Oh, I'm so glad to
0: hear. I'm so glad to hear that you uh, you always connect with the spirit. Because I also believe that if you connect with your spirit, we are all women of faith and we are not ashamed to profess our faith wherever we are. So I, I am glad to hear that. So can, I know you, Dr. Hoplin? you have a lot of experience you have an amazing story we have had the chance to share some of your stories and i would like you to tell us some i like to say some of your stories because i know you have so many of them so can you tell us some of our stories your stories So our audience can get to know you more, get to know what you have gone through. Because when people see you sitting there and smiling, they think it has just been a bed of roses. And my friend, we all know that is not the case. So can you let us in,
1: into your world? Okay, so let me kind of go back to back in
0: 1995.
1: Okay. 1995, I took on the... Uh, what should I say? It it was my mother's um, desire for me to travel to the U.S. And um, after a few years of nudging, you know, not just to travel there, but to live there for a while. And after a few years, I decided, you know what, let me go ahead um, and give this a go. I felt like the things I was doing here in Jamaica was kind of winding down. Like I felt like I was getting under this pressure, this stress of of just, um closing this chapter of my life for now. So that was back in 1995. And so I finally packed up all my worldly possessions, gave away what I needed to, sold what I needed to. I know. And, <laughs> and <laughs> packed everything I had in a, two suitcases and um, went to the USA. Now, I knew from my previous visits that it wasn't going to be easy because i saw you know where you know my mother was living in a one bedroom apartment in brooklyn new york Mm -hmm. and we came from a home where all of us pretty much had our own room at this stage and and we had a big yard and you know um you would say that we we were comfortable so to move into a space like that was um I knew it was gonna be challenging, but there were, you know, when you hear it, when someone say, you know, you have potential or there is potential, you knew that there was potential. Yes. And so I was looking forward to to that, you know, experience so that I can develop this big potential that was available to us. So anyway I got to to, to Brooklyn, New York and um, after about three months, which I am amazed when I look back all the things that I did during that three months because I worked with World Book Products. Um, <laughs> I worked with, um, helped out my mother who was a nursing aid at the time. So I filled in some of her shifts and, you know, there were so many other things that I did. And um, what I love though is that I got to experience Brooklyn Tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't been to Brooklyn Tabernacle um, back in the days, I don't know what it is like right now, but you, you would have missed out an, an amazing experience. So after three months, I finally got accepted in a university because that was the main reasons, reason why I wanted to leave Jamaica. I said, finally, I knew the reason. And so when I left, when I got there, those three months, I applied to colleges and finally was accepted into Oral Roberts University. Now, would you believe that was my mother's dream? She desired that one of her children would attend Old Roberts University because over the years she had been tithing into this ministry. Oh wow. From Jamaica. Yeah. And so I didn't I didn't know that. And um I just fell into her dream. So you don't know whose dream you're gonna fall into. But I believe that all our dreams will be realized, whether it's by us or by our children or children's children, um, they're going to be realized. So um, I, again, packed those two suitcases, jumped on a Greyhound bus, Mm. and people thought I was crazy. I mean, it was the time when there was the Oklahoma bombing that just happened, but because my focus was really on going to college, it did not affect me. And I had some very interesting experiences along the way. It took me about 36 hours, 36, 37 hours to get there. Uh, God had a plan for me and he provided people to host me as I prepared to go into university at Oral Roberts University in July 1995. So that's just a little bit of my journey. Um, There's so much more to that you know that's just a brief version of of my travels you know relocating from Jamaica to the United States and then transitioning to college to complete a four-year undergrad degree in social work with a minor in Spanish.
0: Mm. Thank you so much my friend I want to acknowledge those who are online I can see Maggie Jane is watching thank you Maggie and Maggie says Ladies, good afternoon to you both. Good afternoon to you, too. I can see Ostensia, too, is watching. Thank you for tuning in. Please share and encourage other people to, to watch. So when I look at you, if you are just tuning in, I am talking to Dr. Hoplin Brown. She just left Canada and decided to go back to her home country in Jamaica to give back to let her country also benefit from her talents. For me, this is something which is so, so laudable because it takes courage to make that kind of a shift. It takes really, really some good uh, amount of courage to do that. So Dr. Hoplin, what are you passionate about and what led you to that?
1: Okay, so I am very passionate about seeing people's lives transform. You know, I, I do believe that what led me to leave Jamaica is the same reason that led me to return to Jamaica. Because I left Jamaica so that I could be more equipped to become um, a, a, transform, a transformational leader. And I came back because I wanted to transform leaders here. Um and as I'm here, i 'm here i I see God is opening doors for me to do that, and it's amazing that He's bringing younger people into my life so um because when I was in my twenties going towards my thirties i didn 't have the the kind of guidance like I am able to offer today so i'm I'm happy that God's bringing the younger people in my sphere of influence so that I can impact their lives while I can still fulfill my dream, you know, that I shared with you at the beginning. So, you know, I, I'm excited about doing that and I get to do that in the life insurance industry and also in my, you know, life coaching business. Thank you so much.
0: I know most, most often people go through different experiences such as pain, gain, and even growth that turned to foil their passion in a particular area. What led you into this, your passion? Is it growth, is it pain, is it gain? What actually made you to pivot to working back in Jamaica and working with the youth and
1: working with doctors? Okay, I believe it's a mixture of all those, both growth, pain, gain. Um, I, in my book, um, Fill Your Gap, which I think you'll be, you know, probably asking me a little bit about in chapter, in chapter three, I share some of those experiences, um, those experiences of one, um, I would say growth. Um, When I was in the life insurance industry, I, back in 1995, so between 1990 and 1995. I um, was a, a very, uh, I would, would say, successful life insurance um, agent, and um, or professional, I'd rather say. I was a, as a very successful life insurance professional, and I'm qualified for the million dollar roundtable um, three consecutive years in a row. And one of those years, I went to um, it was uh, te- Texas, I believe, where I met Les Brown. And I remember when he came out on stage and he says, you gotta be hungry. Yeah, hungry. Les Brown (laughs) loves that particular quote. He loves to say
0: it. And I just love it too.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine being in a stadium filled with professionals who are are, um, successful and this man steps out on stage and, and something inside of me just melted or rose up, I should say. And I said, you know what? I want to do what he's doing one day. And I believe I'm on the way to that. Journey on on that journey. So growth is one of the reasons. Pain. I saw the pain in you know people around me. There were always people reaching out to me, and I was always counseling or providing support. And I'm like, I, I God, I can't do this. How can I do this? I I need to help myself. So so that's one of the another reason. And gain what I gained from the people who impacted my life in that same chapter three. I listed a few people who, who impacted my life. I looked at, you know, Les Brown was one of them. I looked at Aunt Ruth, who was my basic school teacher. Mm-hmm. Because she, when I was a little girl, when she was leaving to go take a break, she would call myself and another young man. You know, we were little kids. We were babies. And asked us to take the, the students through their timetables and their ABCs while she was gone. So she was one of those in the earlier days. Raymond Walker, he was my um, leader manager during the the years while I was in the life insurance industry. And he has influenced my life in such a way that um, I now am able to invest back in his organization here in Jamaica. And And so, you know, I'm glad that you know, his impact still allowed me to still come back and impact his organization that he currently owns. And I could go on, but there the the pain gain and growth as what is what has led me to be the author and life coach that I am today.
0: Isn't so isn't isn't it so funny how just a simple belief in someone can change mm-hmm. the trajectory of your life. Yes. And, and sometimes I really want to appreciate the work of teachers because they play a great role in the lives of the students they teach. A teacher's belief in you at a very tender age mm-hmm. determined where you are going to go to in life. So this is like a shout out to teachers and also a caution to teachers that the way you treat the students who are in front of you matters a lot in their lives. Because I I, I have had to listen to many people who always say, because my teacher believed in me and because he gave me this uh, advantage, I saw that I could do this and I decided to do this. So we really have to give a shout out to the teachers. I also want to appreciate those who are tuning in. I can see Dr. Cecilia Fomenki watching from Cameroon. Thank you, Dr. Cecilia. Please do love, share, give us a shout out so that we know that you are listening. I can also see Donna Cohen watching. Thank you, Donna, for the voting this time. I can see Immaculate B is watching. Thank you. Do love and share. Again, if you are just tuning in, I am talking to my friend and sister, Dr. Hoplin Brown. She is from Jamaica. She was in the U.S., she left U.S., went to Canada for some time. And she just finally decided to go back home and live her dream with her people. That is so, so, so great. So I know I know that you talk often and coach professionals on how to develop resilience through adversity. Can you speak a little bit about that quote? I think that's one of the quote that stands out on your Facebook
1: page and how it came about. Okay, you know, that's a great question, Anita, because um, what I've found throughout our lives is that challenges are gonna be there all the time. I remember my my mentor and friend John Maxwell. He says there's no no more than about two good days in a leader's life.
0: I know. <laughs> I know.
1: Yes. And so I believe that over my life, you know, from you know growing up in Jamaica to going to the u.s studying moving to canada and you know um living in canada for the last 15 almost 16 years you know with my husband and family um building a family there there are challenges along the way and i think the earlier we know that as leaders that adversity is always going to be there and develop practical ways to maneuver during the times of difficulty or adversity is the quicker we get to stand more courageous in our calling. And so this is the reason why I love to share that. Recently I did um, a mastermind on, you know, uh, on um, adversity to advantage and prior to that I did leading through crisis. As a part of the John Maxwell team, we get the chance to share these amazing tools that John Maxwell you know you know teaches us and so i get to pass that on and that that is even bigger when you receive the tools and you apply to your life and then you then teach it to others you know he talks about learning living and leading if we're just learning and we're not living it and then leading it you know, we may as well, you know, not not bother to, to learn it because the biggest part of our of our growth is gonna come from developing leaders, not just becoming, you know, you know, a person that's filled with knowledge, but developing leaders along the way.
0: I'm glad you brought up that point that we have to first of all develop ourselves before we start developing others, because uh, I, didn't, I, 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 did, I did not mention that Hoplin and myself are all uh, John Maxwell Certified Leadership Coaches. So we happen to do the same things together, follow the same courses together. And one of the key highlights is you, you must know yourself to grow yourself. And people think that personal development is a waste of time, it's a waste of money. It is not a waste of time it is not a waste of money because when you get into personal development and you are ready to invest in yourself when I say invest mm. in yourself I'm not only talking about money you are ready to invest financially you are ready to put in the work you will see that you needed to do this in order to be able to lead other people so I am glad you brought this up And. You spoke. I know you are very passionate about resilience and diversity, which I also love. That's something I'm passionate about. And I'm also passionate uh, in working with women and, you know, women, we need this resilience in diversity. So does that, that in any way relate to your story? And if yes, what is the story? Can you tell us a story, a situation where you actually had to practice what you preach? Because sometimes it's not all about what we tell people to do, it's also about when people hear us say or articulate our failures and how we navigated through these failures and the lessons learned, they quickly, quickly identify with us and it resonates with them better. So, is there any particular adversity that you actually went through that enabled you to develop this resilience that you now want to share with other people who may be in the same situation or in other situations?
1: Wow, that's that's a big question. I know. <laughs> I know. Just thinking which which one would be applicable to our time on this on this call. But I've had a, a few stories of of you know resilience standing standing in the midst of um, not being not fulfilling the call, or or not not um, not being able to fulfill the call based on um, circumstances. Oh my goodness. You know, I I remember um, there are two things coming to my thoughts there. I I was so, I remember um, a situation in one of the countries that I was living in um, that I I had a strong desire to lead a home group, a a strong desire to lead a home group. And so the church that I was a part of, um, we were asked, you know, although we were mature Christians, my husband and I, we were asked to do the all the lessons, starting from you know becoming a Christian to um, developing you know the life of as a Christian, to, we were sent right back to the beginning. And we said, they said, in order for you to lead a group, you have to do all these courses that the church offers. And then when I was done with all the courses, and people who were marking our papers were not even people who were as long a Christian as we were. So, and they were enjoying marking all our papers. And, and when it got to the end, when it was time for us to lead a, a group, we couldn't lead a group. I was, I, and mm. so, you know, my husband says, okay, I have to go off to work. So why don't you just lead a woman's group? And it was, we, I couldn't, you know, not that I couldn't, but I felt that I wanted to be under the covering of the church. And so I held back from starting a women's group because the church said I couldn't do it under the heading of the church. And, you know, months after that, I'm like, God, you've called me. You spoke to me. You said I should do this. So I'm going to ask you to cover me. And so it was in in that place of getting back to who I am, who God has called me to be i began to do a women's group from my home and it was such a blessing to those who joined in and you know i would say it, you know as as a as a woman as a woman of color um, you know i believe that we're going to have these adversities but we have to go back to you know who we are our foundation and and say okay god what did you create me to be in this world and, and listen to his voice. And this is something that I've, I'm so passionate about because, you know, Rene, if you were to call me on the phone tomorrow and I didn't see your face, I would know it's you. I would respond and say, hey, Anita, how are you doing, Renee? Anita, how are you doing? I am so familiar with your voice now and, and you could probably do the same. And I believe that's where God wants us to be, where when we call him and he responds, we know that this is God speaking to us, that the other voices won't prevent us from doing what God has called us to do. So, you know, you can sense my excitement and I really want us to really get to the place where we're so connected to our creator. We're so connected to the work he has called us to do that it, nothing stops us from doing it. At that time, if I was closer connected, I believe that I wouldn't have allowed those voices to prevent me from, you know, doing the work during those months that I waited and waited and waited.
0: Yes. So uh, thank you so much for that uh, example. I want to recognise the people who are joining us. I can see Dr. Quinta Mancho. Dr. Quinta, welcome. And we are talking about resilience, and you are an example of resilience. You did go through uh, being a Miss, Mrs. Colorado, and uh, you did your best, and you were resilient up to the point of. Where you, for me, as I told you, you are a winner, even though you were not crowned, you are a winner because you took the first step. I want to welcome Mercy Fonto watching. Thank you, sister, for watching. Please like share. Cecilia Fomenki says, hi, dear sisters. Mercy says, good job, sisters. Thank you for appreciating. And like I said, when you talk about resilience, through diversity, I understand what you mean because most often than not, it's adversity that takes us closer to God. Yes. Through adversity, we we develop our muscles and that is resilience. For example, I grew up as an orphan. My mother became sick when I was still very young. She was sick for like five years. The last two years of her life, she was bedridden. Mm. At 12 years, I was supposed to take care of her, do everything for her. And I did see Mm. the way her Christian sisters treated her. They were in our house morning. There was a group that came early in the morning before work and prayed for her. There was another group that came at 12, prayed for her there was another group that came in the evening to pray for her we had all the groceries in fact if we could open a grocery shopping shopping mall we would have everything and we went through that experience it was such a painful experience for me as the first girl of the family until we finally lost our mom but Mm. that experience made me to develop resilience. It made me to understand that though we pray to God every time, he doesn't answer our prayers the way we want. Because my mother was a firm believer, we all prayed for her to recover. But God's plan was different. And because of that, I joined the Christian Women Fellowship Movement at a very young age. In fact, when I joined everybody, my friends used to to call it a group for mothers. What are you doing in that group for mothers? Mm -hmm. But I want to testify to you that 90% of the things I do, I do them because of what I learned being a member of the Christian Women Fellowship Movement, and that has talked with me. So when we talk about adversity, just like you and I know, I like to to quote one of our mentors, Paul Mcnally. He said, always struggle to harvest the good in adversity. Adversity is not always bad, but sometimes it comes to make you stronger. In your book, In your book, Fill Your Gaps, Seven Steps for Creating a Life of Growth, Abundance, and Power, you outline some gaps that could tell, could you tell our listeners what are these gaps and how they could identify these gaps? Because the first solution to the problem is to be able to identify the problem. So I like to use this opportunity to ask you to tell our listeners how they can identify these gaps. So when they identify the gaps, then they can start filling in the gaps. That's
1: awesome. Great question, though. I'm about to call you Dr. Anita. Are you getting ready? I claim it. I claim it. (laughs) I claim it in Jesus' name. Awesome. 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 So, so listen, I, I wanted to kind of back up a little bit before I answer the question about gaps. Okay. And, and since you were honoring your mother and, um, mothers, I wanted to honor my mother because I believe I got my strength from my mother. I remember as a young girl watching my mother, you know, even when I was sleeping, she would walk from room to room in the house just praying you know, in the middle of the night, early morning, just praying. She she's a woman of prayer and still is. And I'm actually sitting in her, her chair right now. <laughs> oh, wow. I know, I know. I'm I know. in her chair right now. I'm at her home. And so I love the fact that we have Zoom and that we can, we can, um you know, do what we do wherever we are. And, um and so, you know, it. I want to honor her because even now in her 80s, 82, she, still prays and you know is strong in prayer she'll be falling asleep and praying you know and she will wake up and pray you know you know at the same time so you know she's such a such an amazing um i would say a stalwart in in the kingdom of god and and she has impacted my life and i'm sure all my siblings lives in in a powerful way growing up with her so i wanted to acknowledge her but to go to your question gab identifying gaps. And I believe to identify gaps, we gotta look at gap-stealers. And on page seven of my book, Fill Your Gap, which I have in my hand here, Fill Your Gap, Seven Steps for Creating a Life of Growth, Abundance and Power. Um, I talk about gap-stealers, because if we can identify the gap-stealers, we can identify the gaps. Some of the gap-stealers are ungratefulness, hate, have you ever, ever heard someone say, I hate that person and they, they are someone of integrity. They, they are, they, 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 declare themselves to be someone of integrity and yet they say, I hate you or I hate that person mm. that just nullifies that fact. Um, ignorance, foolishness, you know, entitlement, you know, despair, arrogance, Condemnation, self-interest, and fear—those are some gap stealers. So, if you can identify those gap stealers, you can identify the gaps. So, um, and then I go on to share some gap fillers. What, what what's the opposite of ungratefulness? Gratefulness and appreciation. Okay, what's the opposite of love? Of hate, love. What's the opposite of foolishness, knowledge, you know, another gap filler, wisdom, hard work, hope, humility, and service. And one of the things I want to maintain in my life, and I believe it's something that keeps me keeps me young, keeps me happy, um, is just staying in a place of humility, because there are times when... You share who you are and what you do and how you want to help and care for others. And it comes back into to your face as something that was, it was not meant for. And so I always stay in a place of confidence and humility knowing that my heart was in the right place. And um, so those are some gap stealers and gap fillers. So if you know your gap stealers, you can identify the gaps in your life.
0: I got to learn new vocabulary today, gap gap stealers. I hope those who are listening, you are able to identify your gap stealers in order to be able to fill the gap. Like you say, humility for me is the key that opens any door. Gratitude. Gratitude will take you anywhere. I always do tell my children, I say, "Aptitude, aptitude will take you into the room. But alti- your attitude will keep you in the room. I remember one of our mentors. If you do remember Ed De Costa, yes, I do. <laughs> Ed De Costa <laughs> said something which has stayed with me. And what did he say? He said, "Never allow your ego to run into the room before you do, because once your ego runs into the room, ego e g o means edging God out." You are already edging God out. So it's you and you alone. I want to also acknowledge uh, Mark. Join us. Mark is watching. Please, Mark, let us know from where you're watching. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, Cecilia says, wow, great story. We thank God for his faithfulness. We are always very grateful for his faithfulness. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much. So the next question I want to ask you is, what is the most challenging situation you've ever faced in your life? And how did you navigate this? Were there any lessons learned?
1: Wow. You know, um, I, I can recall, you know, I think the the year two thousand one going into two thousand two, if I can remember, if yeah, but it was right there somewhere. I lost my sister, one of my younger sisters. Um, she had been diagnosed with breast cancer for so it was about two thousand two thousand one. She she was diagnosed in back in nineteen ninety five, but um, it was in remission. And then it came back with a vengeance, and you know I remember that night when I got the call saying that she 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 was rushed to the hospital, and we said and the doctors were saying that you know she had to go on life support, or you know she wouldn't be able to see her family alive. It was not one of her wishes to go on life support, but after you know um, discussing it with the doctors and my mother and myself and my brother, we decided, you know, we'd go ahead because they needed our approval because my sister could not make that decision at that time. And so I remember just, I was studying, I was doing my, um, my master's at the time. And I, and I felt it actually, I I was doing, I was at my, um, my first, first year of my doctoral, um, Oh gosh, when we go in um, to to the, the college. Oh, I can't I can't remember what it's called right now, but we I just finished that that weekend. And I sat, I woke up that night, I sat on my bed and I'm like, God, what do I do? And I and you know, I'm in Virginia Beach, my sister's in Philadelphia and the rest of the family, you know, five hours away, you know, this, this is like after midnight, what do I do? And so I called my best friend. So we need somebody close to us in our lives because when the crisis comes, who do we call? Yes, we can call on God, but it, He also created us to fellowship with one another. If we look in the book of of First, Second, and Third John, He talked about you know fellowship, you know how we we need to fellowship with each other, and and so I called my girlfriend Joy, and you know I shared with her what happened. She was like a sister to me, and. And she still is. And so, you know, she said, don't worry, you know, and she took me to, through some, you know, scriptures and, um, and then she helped me to stay calm and she said, I'm coming over, I'm just going to pack a bag. And she packed her bag, came over, helped me pack my bag and we drove to Philadelphia. And so I was there with my sister and the rest of the family who had gathered around You know, my sister is what, almost 20 years younger than I, almost 15 years younger than I am. So it was a shock that we would lose her at a younger age. And we had lost no one else in the family at this point. And so, but that, that was huge. But the the next thing is that she had an only son and I ended up at, he was eight years old at the time. I ended up being the mother of her eight-year-old. Here I was. I've not had a child. I'm not married. I'm single in college studying and I become a single mother. It was one of the most difficult things that I ever did. And one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in my life, because as I speak to you, he is, he's 26 years old today and he's doing amazing in his life. He, he, you know, finished high school. He went to college, you know, studied, you know, becoming a pastor and, you know, now he's living his passion. He's a chef in, um, in Poland. And Mm -hmm. it, it just blesses my heart. Every time I think of him, it blesses my heart that, you know, God sent parents to support me along the journey. He sent you know someone giving me a phone call you know along the journey to help parent him. I remember as I was studying, I had a professor who said, "Bring your son over and let's let let me let me talk with him as a you know as a dad you know to his son and so you know those those were those were two of the most. Um, and I would say, yeah, of the most difficult, challenging season in my life, and God brought me through it. And I can now look. I know my sister in heaven is looking down, and you know, saying thank you. And my son, I love him so much. I I call him every day, and you know, we express our love, you know, to each other. I love your son. I love your mother. You know, so uh, those were two precious. Um, wow, that just brought goosebumps. <laughs>
0: oh my buddy i know we have been talking a lot about successes dr hoblin i want to ask you what is what are some of your failures because when the two of us sit here and talk everybody (laughs) thinks it's just success success (laughs) what are some of your failures something that you really failed and you knew oh i failed i blew this up okay and you so, learned a bitter lesson from the failure. Oh,
1: Lord. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I took you, oh, okay. God. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. So, so I have had set a lot of failures in my life. I've had a lot of failures. Um, you know, um, I look at even if I could go back to high school, I look at my high school exams. You know, you have to do he- exams to pass. to to take it to the next level in life, right? And I studied and thought I did very well, but I came out of my exams with uh, some Cs, Ds, and Es, you know, seven subjects. And I think I got three Cs and the rest were Ds and Es. And I'm like, how, I was in shock. You know, I was in complete shock. So listen, you don't have to get As and Bs to impact lives in this world. So that's a, a lesson that I want to share with you. So, you know, I had friends who got all A's and B's and I was jealous and I felt like stupid, you know, when I had to go back and redo some of my exams. Now I'm looking back and I'm saying, thank you, Lord, for those lessons, because it it allowed me to push. And so it took me 17 years after high school to go back to college. Because, mm. But most of my friends left high school and went to college immediately. So that's one of my failures. Another failure is, 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 is um, allowing my eyes and my emotions to choose the wrong, wrong um, person to date. And um, Ooh, That's yes, so huge. <laughs> yes. You know, you meet someone in the church sitting beside you, clapping hands and praying just the same, but it wasn't God's plan. Because this person was not the Christian they professed to be, just by the outward look. And so um, you see signs and you still, you know, keep, you know, going deeper and deeper in the relationship that, you know, God, this is not God's decision for you. And then it ends up with a with a big heartbreak. So um, but thank God for his grace and mercy. Um my high school sweetheart searched and found me. <laughs> and um when i was ready to say that forget, is a story that you
0: need to tell us
1: <laughs> i say i say forget men i don't want to have men in my life anymore and i say god but if he is you know god fearing if he's from my culture if he's somebody that i knew before um you know he, he understands a relationship with god like i do bring him back in my life. You know, I will accept. And within within weeks, it happened because I was ready to give up on relationships. So, you know, God has a plan for us and it is carved out in his word, you know. And we know our intuition tells us that this is God's voice and this is not God's voice. And we choose to listen the voice that we shouldn't. So I want to encourage you, but I failed, but God's grace and mercy. I still was able to um, marry the man of my my dreams and we, we have a successful relationship. We have been married since um, for the last 16 years. And um, you know, this is, this is one of the reasons, this is one of the things that test the, um, the, the authenticity of your relationship, because since COVID-19, my husband has been stuck in Canada and um, I have been here, you know, just doing life and using zoom or face FaceTime or, you know, WhatsApp to communicate. And yes, we have had some challenging moments, but God has sustained us and strengthened us and kept us. And um, it's, you know, i'm i'm just i'm looking forward to us coming back together but i'm thankful for this time from march until now almost what five months april may june july august almost five months you know and i'm i'm thankful to god for for keeping us you know so those are some you know one the question led into something else but I know. I,
0: know. I know most often when you ask women about their failures, it's always about a heartbreak, a wrong decision they made. So I, I, I was just laughing when you were talking about about it because most of my guests do mention that. So knowing what you know now, Dr Obli, if you were to go back some few years back, what are some of the things you would do better?
1: You know, it is, it's not a matter of doing better. I believe those, those failures, those mistakes is what makes me who I am today. So I would not want to go back and change anything.
0: Oh, wow. That's so huge.
1: Yes. I wouldn't want to go back and change anything because I learned the lessons along the way. And that's the reason why I'm, I'm who I am today. If I were doing the same things again and again, I wouldn't have grown. But I learned those lessons, and it's take me to the next level. And I'm still learning. You never get to a place where you are fully grown. That's <laughs> you true. Are always, it's a journey. So I would encourage you, if you're at a place where you feel, oh, gosh, I can't wait to be where Renee Anita is, or I can't wait to be where Dr. Hopeland is, listen it's a journey and we have we have not arrived to the destination yet so come join us on the journey come join us on the journey
0: i always tell people that we are a work in progress yes yes and and just like michelle obama said in her in the title of her book we are still becoming you keep becoming until the day you exit this stage on which we find ourselves. Oh, that's a very, very important question here from Francisca Efalle. I want to read it say, Dr. Brown, what advice would you give to those who have stayed in the USA, Canada, or UK, and they want to return to their country of birth? The reason I ask, because many people have gone back to their birth country they could not cope and they had to return. What coping strategies did you use? That was what we were talking about yesterday. So <laughs>
1: yes, 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 the coping strategies know your calling. So, you know, there, there, there are a few things that, that must be foundation in your life. Who, who are you? What are you called to do? And how are you called to do it in the world? So if you're going to focus on the lack that's in your home countries, you will never survive. But there is there, there are so many vast resources right at your doorsteps in your home country that if you don't connect to the right sources, you will never get there. And sometimes it's right next door or two gates up the, the road. I, I give you um, an example. There was There was a young lady who... I connected with when I was in Canada, who I went to high school with, she was in the USA. And she was waiting to you know, complete her paperwork. But a um, few months before I came to Jamaica, she came back home, she decided to come back home. I didn't know anything about it. And then um, I, was, I was communicating with her through WhatsApp one day and she said, um, are you back in Jamaica? And I said, yes. And I said to her, are you back in, and she said, yes. So as we were talking back and forth, there were opportunities for us to do, um, do some motivational sessions at our high school. And so she, she asked me to align with her to do those sessions. Now, I got a chance to impact the first, grade, the first formers of that high school um, for about three months in a row until COVID came. And I haven't been back yet, so I got that opportunity. But I believe that one: if you know who you are, you know who God has called you to be, and you're not going to allow, you know, the light cutting off, or the roads being bad, or the crime situation to get to you, and the material um, things that you can't get to your access. If if those things are not going to be um, so important, you know, most important to you then your calling would be the number one thing. And then God, it reminded me of Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse four, and I'll pull that up. In Psalm 23, verse four, if you could give me just a quick moment, It it says here, You know, it's the Lord's Prayer. So I'm just going to go to verse 4. And this is where I find a lot of my security. A lot of my security. Okay. It says, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. None of these things move me. And I remember when I just came home and it's like deja vu. And I was driving back and forth and I'm like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. And I remember this is now after almost a year being home, one of the young ladies who live in the neighborhood where my mother is, she said, you know, Hopi, I know that, you know, you are, this is, this is where you belong because no matter what people say, I see your car driving in at all kinds of hours in the night. And that's only when God has given me that comfort. I don't carelessly do that. But I believe that, you know, if we come, come and do the work of God the way he has called us to do the work, and we will have a, an assurance in our spirits when he, he says, do this, we will do it confidently because though we walk through the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil because none of these things move us. We know who is with us, we know who is with us I hope that answers the question because I could go on and on and talk some more but I think that's basically what keeps me keeps me sane as in <laughs> not insane and, <laughs> and, and, and grounded I know, <laughs>
0: I know um, grounded. I, I think it did answer her question because she says thank you so okay. what I'm doing, I'm You're trying to our website. So, thank you all so much for staying put for watching. I could talk to my friend Hoblin the whole day because we <laughs> do share a lot of things in common. And that was one of the things I told her yesterday. I told her I was so proud of her having to make the decision to leave all the glories, which we think we cannot leave here, to go back to Africa and start getting used to the power cuts, the dusty roads, and every other thing that's in Africa. I think it's an example for some of us to emulate, because I was listening to, was it, I think it was a Zambian ambassador who used to, it's a lady, I even shared her post on my Facebook, and she was saying, Africa is not about changing the leaders, it's about changing us and our mindset. Because she said, when you come to maybe LA, three quarters of the doctors here are Nigerians. When you go to like New York, there are so many Ghanaian doctors. But when you go back to their countries, like why my country Cameroon, there's a lot of brain drain. Because when we come here, we get all the the, 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 the knowledge from here, We don't go back to help the people back home. We stay here. I think that is food for thought for so many of us to start thinking that after acquiring all what we have acquired, what can we do? That's one of the reasons why I started this show, to highlight women, and especially women of color, because there are a lot of things that we do, and we are just at the background because we don't have anybody to bring us at the limelight. I interview even women like I have about two three guests that I'm going to be interviewing from Cameroon to also let people know that you don't only make it out of the country you can equally stay put and make it so it depends on what God has put in your heart and what you are willing to sacrifice to do it remember Abraham had to leave his town to go to a place where he did not even know where he was going to because he was Answering God's call. So thank you so much, Dr.
1: Hobling. You're most welcome. And, and one other point I want to make is that in that same psalm, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's not going to allow us to lack any good thing. Anything that we want, he's going to provide it. Anything. So there is abundance everywhere that we are. It Whether we be in California or Canada or the U.S. or Africa or Jamaica, wherever we are, the abundance that God has is infinite. And it's just for us to tap into it right where we are. So know that, that no matter where God has called you, he has abundance in store for you there.
0: Thank you so much. I just put your website and my website on the comment box. So in case somebody wants to get to us, like I always tell them, those who are watching, we always give a complimentary 30 minutes coaching session with you if you contact us. If you go to my website, you'll see a form there where you can feel for me to contact you and then we'll have a chat. If you also go to Dr. Hoplin's website, you will see where you can contact her. We are here to give back. We are not going to charge you, it's complimentary. We just want to walk alongside you to help you discover yourself and to let you know that what we are doing, you can do it. It took me a lot of courage to be able to start doing what I'm doing because there were all the excuses that I had not to come on Facebook Live. But I decided to defy all the excuses and I'm, I'm like, no excuse mindset, I am going to go live. I don't care what anybody says. Like you said, it begins with the intention. Yeah. When you have a good intention about something, you really do not care about the external environment. You care about the intention that you have. And that right. is why I bring you my friends. I advertise them on the show. Like I was telling Maggie last, last uh, episode, I was like, anybody can contact anybody. My only goal is to inspire, impact, empower, and transform lives. And I don't really care who does that. The the issue is one is too small a number to create significance. And the earlier we women learn to complement each other rather than compete with each other, the better for our lives so i am so grateful it is almost the top of the eye you wouldn't even believe when we're t- yes. i told you yesterday that it was one hour sometimes <laughs> you stay here and you just talk and you you don't even know that it is almost one hour so i want okay. to be respectful of the time of our audience and i want to thank everybody who has been online watching if you did not have the opportunity to watch online please do watch from the beginning Again, I'm talking with Dr. Hoplin. She is my friend and she's based in Jamaica and she's doing a great job with professional women and youths back in Jamaica. If you want to know more about her, you can look her up on on her website or on her Facebook page and you'll see what she's doing. So Dr. Hoplin, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity that you gave us for all the nuggets that you shared with us, it is not easy for people to accept to come and share their wisdom and their knowledge for free. But you and I do believe that when we give for free, we get, we get tenfolds back.
1: Amen. Yes.
0: So I'm so grateful. I don't know if you have one last word for our audience, so we can call it a
1: day for today. <laughs> oh, so yeah! I, I want to thank, thank you once again for having me. And I want to encourage everyone, it's time to transform your life so you can transform your world.
0: Thank you. Again, it has been My Voice, Your Voice, a platform for authentic conversation. And I am your host and friend, Renee Anita. And I do want to call on you not to miss next episode. Next episode will be live from Lebanon and you don't want to miss. Thank you so much for watching please organize watch party share the video like it so that many more people can learn from the wisdom of my friend dr. hobbling bye doctor bye bye everyone yeah